You are listening to the Toxic Mold Podcast with my husband, Steve Worsley, the toxic mold expert and your number one source for mold consulting and mitigation in the USA. Here is episode 64, the importance of ventilation throughout the home. Before we get started on this episode, a short or not so short disclaimer. While all attempts have been made to verify the content provided in this podcast, neither the podcaster or the producers assume any responsibility for errors, omissions, or alternative interpretations of the issues discussed herein. All information stated in this podcast is the opinion of Steve Worsley. Steve Worsley is a mold specialist with over 20 years of experience in the construction and mold industry. The Toxic Mold Podcast is for information sharing purposes only. The views expressed are those of the podcaster and his alone. These views should not be taken as expert instruction or commands. While there may be references to medical conditions and symptoms, all solo podcast episodes are the opinion of Steve Worsley, and any medical questions or concerns shall be addressed with the appropriate licensed medical professional or professionals. As the podcaster refers to different mold types, please be aware that Steve Worsley is not a microbiologist, and questions concerning mold specifics should be answered by the appropriate professional. The listener is 100% responsible for his or her own actions. You can check out Steve's books on Amazon about mold and dealing with mold in your home at amazon.com forward slash author forward slash Steve Worsley. And if you're interested in scheduling a mold consultation over the phone consultation with Steve, you can be sure to find out more about those and his availability at cnccontractorservices.com. Now, let's get to the episode. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Toxic Mold Podcast. Steve, we are talking about ventilation throughout the home. What does that mean? Well, when obviously when we talk about ventilation these days, you know, they think of just air conditioners or their furnace. And, you know, what we're, what we're more concerned about is, uh, you know, air moving throughout the home, not just through your HVAC system, because that's, you know, in my opinion, that's kind of why we have the mold epidemic that we have. You know, I wrote my first book called The Mold Epidemic, and I cover a lot in that as to the reasons why, and one of them that I believe is because our houses are so sealed up these days. You know, you remember as a kid, your parents open the windows all the time. Uh, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, and see, we, you know, we were the same way. We didn't have air conditioning, and, you know, where I grew up, you didn't, I mean, everybody has them now, but uh, you didn't really need it, but for a couple months out of the year, but, you know, back then, everybody had had the windows open, even back then, homes weren't built as tight as they are now. You know, technology and building materials have created a situation where everything's so tight. That's why I think we have have the mold epidemic. So to me, it's really important to have, you know, air circulation. Do you think it's a bad thing that people are so reliant upon heating and air conditioning? Well, air conditioning specifically that we don't open the windows the way we used to. It It, it really is. I mean, we've... Uh, I don't want to say become lazy as a society, but we kind of have, you know. It's just easier to turn on your air conditioner versus going and open windows and letting, you know, a breeze come through the house. 
What's interesting though is when I talk about having windows open for circulation, I uh, I cover it in my books and I covered it in my Udemy courses. One of the big concerns we obviously have: don't open your windows in the morning, leave for work or go to town and do grocery shopping, and then come back because there could be you know where we live, the weather changes like in ten minutes. It seems like yeah. so you know you could have a rainstorm if you have your window open. You could uh, be asking for a mold concern also. That's very, very true. So um, ventilation, though, when most people think of ventilation, at least I'll say when I think of ventilation, I think about what's in our bathrooms for ventilation, like the fans, All the exhaust, exhaust fans. Yeah. But I don't think about how is the ventilation throughout my whole house. So if a house has good ventilation throughout all of it, what's in it exactly? What, what makes up good ventilation throughout the whole? Well, so like I was saying, homes are sealed up so tight these days because we have HVAC systems, and so it's it's designed to be that way. And that's why, like some homes, you'll see vents over the doors. Yeah. Um, sometimes if they don't have that, you're you know as the builder, you're supposed to leave a gap at the bottom of the door so air can circulate. And the way obviously you can tell the air circulating well is. You know, and you don't have to have an HVAC system to do this, but crack a window and then go open a door, an exterior door, and if it slams real quickly, you know you have air moving through the home. Oh. Huh. So it kind of almost creates negative pressure where it, you know, slams that door shut and it's trying to suck air on the other end of it. So that's how you can tell if you have it. Um, you know, there's people, we like to run a fan, you know. People have ceiling fans. People have just box fans, whatever kind of fans you want, but that's still moving the air around. So, but you got to keep in mind though, you know, when it comes to mold, mold's an air spore. And if you have a mold concern and you're moving all this air around, you're just moving mold spores around too. Is it also a concern if people don't take care of their ceiling fans and a lot of dust collects on them or their box fans? I mean, then aren't you just circulating dirt and dust? Dust, yeah. And you know, one thing I mentioned quite often is, is so like stachybotrys, that's the black mold. Um, it's a heavier, stickier mold. And so a lot of times, you know, that's where you'll find it is in dust because when it just obviously it attaches itself to dust and depending how much airflow you have will determine if that those spores can move throughout the home. So, so yeah, I mean, like <laughs> we both know this, if you don't, you know, clean the top of your ceiling fans, especially, you know, when we use them, we use them year round. And we actually, I switched the rotation on it because in the summer you're supposed to have it move them one way and then the winter the other way. Summer, obviously, to pull the heat up, winter to push the heat down. But if, if you're someone that rarely uses them, you go to kick on and it's kind of like your furnace when you kick it on the first time in the fall. Mm -hmm. has that weird smell to it. Yeah. Well, that's because there hasn't been air moving in it for a while, you know. And if, if you have an air conditioner, obviously there there is. But usually you go through that transition period, you know, from, well, up here it's way different. But you have that, you know, three to four weeks where it's cool enough at night. You don't have to run your air conditioner, but you're not running your heater either. So, but anyhow, like your ceiling fans, you, you know, obviously the first time you turn it on and all that crap starts kicking around everywhere so so yeah obviously that's an important thing is keep keep the blades on those uh fans clean 
Where did you learn the whole rotating the blades a different way for winter versus summer? Because I never knew that prior to you telling me. I don't... I, I guess I'm not sure. Probably first time when I was a builder years and years ago that when you install a ceiling fan, it has a switch on it to change which direction it goes. And so go over that again because a lot of people probably don't know that because they figure that ceiling fan is just for when it's warmer. So the you flip the switch and then what happens? So you so you have if you look at your ceiling fan, it's just and it's not you have a chain that obviously does speeds low, medium, and high. Yes. But then you have the actual switch up there. It's just a, it'll either go to the left or go to the right. And I always put with a marker S and a W. So in the summertime, you want the fan to pull the hot air up. So you want it sucking the air up. Okay. But in the winter, you want it pushing the hot air down. Okay. So. So then the S, you flip it to the S for the summer and the W for the winter. So people buying new ceiling fans should make sure they know which direction goes which with the switch and mark S and W. Right. And depending on, obviously, you'd have to look at your fan and the tilt of the blades on it (laughs) to know which way it has to go. Okay. So if it's tilting up to the right, obviously, it would have to go clockwise. You lost me, but okay. Because <laughs> it, it'll be pushing... It should say it in the direction, the, shouldn't the, it? The blade, yes. The blades are tilted. They're not flat. Okay. There, there's an angle on them. And so, in the winter, you want it to push the air down. Okay. So, you want it spinning in the in the direction of the tilt. So, if it's like this, you want it going that way. Okay. So, <laughs> other words, it's in the direction somewhere. Yeah. So, read the directions. Make sure you mark your ceiling fan with an S or a W yeah. so you don't ever have to remember which it, way it's yeah. supposed to go. And it doesn't, like, it's not that big a deal if you don't do it. I mean. I never did till you told me about it. Yeah. But that's just, that's how they're designed. So, and most people, like I said, most people don't know that. Now, you couldn't, you know, you could be in buildings that just have, you know, a normal ceiling fan in a bedroom is like a 42-inch. Okay. And, uh, like, yeah, you go into a commercial building or whatnot, they have huge fans. And those fans probably are only designed to go one way. So okay. they just have a different style of blades or whatnot on them. But it's, you know, I when I was doing home inspections, I like to show things to my clients so they knew, you know, like where the main water valve was. And that was one of the things I would show them. And... Most people don't know that. Exactly. It's so, a really good thing to know. Yeah. And I, I mean, like I said, I don't, I don't know if it was ever taught to me. I just, we were installing, you know, my first ceiling fan way back in the day. And I'm like, well, why does it have two different speed or two different directions? And it's because summer and winter. That's really good to so, know. I bet most people don't even know that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you learn something new. Yeah. Every single day. <laughs> so, um, what about ventilation in attic and crawl spaces? I know lots of people don't think about either of those because they don't go in them very often. Right. So, you know, we've done, you know, Facebook posts and, um, plenty of podcasts. I talk about it in my books. It's very, very important for obviously air circulation in an attic. For the reason that you don't want stagnant air, you know, because if you do, obviously you can have humidity uh, issues. You, you start getting wood rot if there's no airflow. So it's important to have ventilation up there. And there's there's tons of different. When I say tons, there's just there's a lot of different ways for attic ventilation. You know, the most common ones we see are usually what I call turtle backs. Those are the little vents on the backside of your house. They're mm-hmm. spaced like every eight feet away. 
and then com- those are usually combined with soffit vents and um our vents don't go out that far or eaves don't or you can look right out the window and see you know there's actually vents in there and so the air circulates between the soffit vent and the turtle backs there's also gable vents so on the gable ends of the house it's just that a lot of them are octagon shaped looking some are you know um half circle looking uh, there's also a ridge cap vent, which is right at the ridge of your roof. Then, um, not as common, but I've, I've seen it even in our areas in Wyoming. I've seen actual powered huge vent or huge fans in a, in an attic. And it's called a whole house fan, or it's called an attic fan. Okay. And it's just this big fan that, that keeps running. But there's, there's numerous tip, you know, types of ventilation you can use up in an attic. Okay, so that makes that makes a lot of sense. What about crawl spaces? So the crawl space, this is one of the most common issues we see. Um, you hear me talk about it all the time, mold in a crawl space. It, something we hate as mitigators. It's not. <laughs> crawl spaces are not very fun. Neither are addicts for, for mold mitigation. But we typically see issues in a crawl space because they don't have ventilation. There's a lot of times I've seen zero ventilation, no ventilation ports on the exterior, nothing. Um, when I was doing home inspections, uh, we had a town that and I, I got into it with the uh, the city inspector all the time and builders. But what they would do is they put no vents on the exterior. The furnaces were in the crawl space and these were on townhomes. And, but they would put two vents in the crawl space and, they claimed that that's sufficient. It's to me, you need passive, meaning vents from the exterior or something like exhaust fans. Um, but anyhow, in a crawl space, it's really important that you have, I always say at least four. Sometimes you can maybe get away with two, but four vents on the outside. Now I understand obviously where we live in the winter, you can't keep those vents open. It'll freeze your pipes up. And there's, you know, there's, there's different options, but the, the most important one, which I went over in, uh, in the book, uh, building a mold resistant home, you can actually install like exhaust fans, like you see in a bathroom. Mm -hmm. They're just a little different, but our listeners probably understand it better. And then it's on a humidistat. So what it is, is that fan, you would put like two of them down in your crawl space or three, how many ever you need. And it runs on a humidistat. And that humidistat's like a thermometer, except for it's the humidity. Mm-hmm. And you set that at 40%. Once the humidity hits 40% or higher, those fans will kick on. And they go, it's just a duct that takes it to the exterior. So someone like your bathroom, but it's on a humidistat so you don't turn it on and off. It automatically exactly. does that. So that's a great way to have ventilation in a crawl space. Awesome. Awesome. Now, what about people who have air purifiers or going back to fans? Well, it, you know, people people spend, you know, and I'm not going to name the brands, and I see it all the time on home ins- or mold inspections, but they always say, well, I have this air purifier. Is that good? There's so many different brands. It's hard for me to say, you know, what's good and what's not. But Having an air purifier, I think, gives people a false sense of security that they're not going to have mold concerns, yeah. which is not true. So, you know, if you have air purifiers, just make sure that, you know, you're changing the filters out and doing the stuff you need to do. Otherwise, you're going to have 
mold concern. That makes a lot of sense. And, you know, one of the things that I love is that you, you cover so many different topics on your email list. So whether people sign up for the mold investigation checklist or the mold fact sheet, you send out emails. Talk a little bit about what kind of content you put in the emails. So we have, um, it's a biweekly email. We don't sell your email address to anybody. We don't send spam. You know, we cover, you know, like, this week's topic will be ventilation. And so we cover different forms of ventilation. You know, we talk about mold sickness symptoms. We talk about all, a lot of the things we talk about in the podcast, but it's just in an email. It's not a long one. It's like a one page email. Okay. Awesome. So be sure if you are not on our email list to get on the email list and you can do that by going to CNC contractorservices.com. Sign up so you can keep up with the emails. You can find out about new Udemy courses. All of that happens on our email list. So sign up and share it with your friends. All right, everybody, we'll catch you in the next episode of the Toxic Mold Podcast. Prevent toxic mold exposure before it gets in your home. Download Steve's free mold investigation checklist at tinyurl.com forward slash CNC mold checklist. Again, download Steve's free mold investigation checklist at tinyurl.com forward slash CNC mold checklist.